As the days go on, I'm not going to lie with you. I just get a little more anxious about this Mike Rizzo deal. And honestly, I think you should too. Let's discuss it. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. A little bit later on in today's show, we will be previewing tonight's New York Mets Washington National Series as Patrick Corbin is taking on those New York Mets. And we know Patrick Corbin has not had the best success against the Mets. We'll discuss that series a little bit later on. And then also, we have to have some September goals because as of right now, this Nationals team is kind of free-falling down this hill. And at this moment in time, you kind of just need to clear your headspace. We need to talk about goals because this Nationals team, they do have some young, exciting talent up in the bigs. But here's the thing. Something's got to give. You can't play them every day. But here's the thing. We'll give you all the goals just a little bit later on. And then also... For today's program, I did say yesterday that Paul Skeens was starting tonight, Tuesday, against Harrisburg. That is not true. That is happening on Thursday. So, of course, we'll preview that matchup later on because the number one, the number two overall pick, facing off for the first time since they were freshmen in college when Paul Skeens was at the University of Air Force or the Air Force Academy, whatever you want to call it. And obviously, Cruz was down at Louisiana State. But today's episode is brought to you guys by Sleeper and swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And let's get started because as we have kind of been talking about a lot over the last few weeks here after Ken Rosenthal and Britt Droley went on a report that Davey Martinez signed an extension that has been official for a while now, happy for Davey. It was also reported that Mike Rizzo and the Nationals were working towards an extension. Now, that may be still the case. It may be. But also, as the days go on, you cannot tell me this. Aren't you just having that kind of bad feeling in your stomach right now? It's just kind of like a feeling that you know disaster could strike because that's a feeling that I have right now with where this deal hasn't been just because of the simple fact that I don't want to lose Mike Rizzo I don't we've known what Mike Rizzo can do and when you have an executive of his caliber already knowing that he's done the rebuild before he's torn a team down to the pins and needles whatever you want to say for that you don't really want to figure out what the other side is like Because getting a good executive in baseball, and really in any sport there is, football, basketball, or anything, that's the hardest part of an owner's job. That is one of the hardest, most difficult things for an owner to do, is to get someone that is, one, not really replaceable. And in Mike Rizzo's case, he's not really replaceable. And honestly, I say that because you could make the argument that you want to just build and have some analytical guy in there, which I'll be honest, I wouldn't be upset. 
if Mike Rizzo, well, no, no, let me revisit that. I would be upset if Mike Rizzo left, but I wouldn't be upset if the Nationals had Rizzo leave, and then you followed up with an analytical guy. That's kind of the what if here, because I do like analytics. I do like someone who's kind of thinking ahead and is planning ahead for 2028, looking ahead to all those different things. And that's not to say that Mike Rizzo is not an analytical guy. We all know his scouting background. That's kind of the old school philosophy of it. And for Mike Rizzo, it's worked out well. He's won a World Series. He's had MVPs on this team. He's signed plenty of different guys. He's done it all. He's a proven top 10 executive in all of baseball. And that's really what it comes down to. Because if you were to just feel comfortable allowing this top 10 executive in all of baseball walk out your door, that's a pretty ballsy decision. Because when you have someone of Rizzo's caliber and you're not the New York Yankees where you have to win 100 games every single year or else the fan base will riot. That's not the case here. Mike Rizzo has done all the rebuilds in the world. He started in a terrible position. Because if you guys all remember that big kind of looming court case that even got up to the federal court level where the national running some weird international operation had someone who was actually 21 years old when they said he was 16 years old. Just a bunch of wacky stuff that Mike Rizzo had to deal with and which also hindered him in the international market from the get-go. So Mike Rizzo now, with where we are, with where this rebuild is, having a top 10 farm system, seeing the jump that the Nationals have made from 2022 into 2023, would you feel comfortable with letting Mike Rizzo walk out the door at this moment in time? Because we can talk about all the free agents that I want to sign. We could talk about Cody Bellinger, even though it's probably a long shot. We can talk about Max Fried, maybe another starting pitcher caliber kind of guy that you could sign this offseason. We can have those discussions. But at this moment, the number one priority has to be to keep Mike Rizzo in Washington, D.C. That is your goal for this offseason. And in fact, again, as the days go on, someone, Mike Rizzo, who has been here since 2009 and even longer than that, you want to keep this guy in Washington, D.C. You just have to. Because that is the number one priority with this. Because without Mike Rizzo, there's probably not a 2019 season. There's probably not Juan Soto. There's probably not who knows what. There's probably not a Trey Turner as well. All the different good things that this organization has done over the years has a lot of credit to do with Mike Rizzo. That's not to say that there's no one else in this organization who runs well. We just know Mike Rizzo is at the head of operations. He's going to be the one to get credit, and that's his job. So at this moment, while a day goes on every single day from here on out, if it goes until November, if it goes until December, whatever it is, As the days go on, you cannot tell me that you don't feel a little bit anxious about this deal. Just because of the fact that you have Ken Rosenthal and Britt Trolley, two of the most plugged-in national reporters out there, reporting that a deal was going to get signed. They never said that it is signed. They never said that it's official or anything like that. And Bob Nightingale has kind of gone the same length as well, saying that the deal is going to happen. But at this moment, weeks later, you can't tell me you're sitting there being all confident. 
especially after what happened this last weekend with his partner in crime, Johnny DePuglia, the assistant GM, kind of the head of the international scouting department. He left. He resigned from his job, in which we still don't know why. Is it because of Mike Rizzo potentially wanting to leave? Is it because Johnny DePuglia wants to go his own ways and find a new fresh start, maybe get a GM job? Who knows at this moment? But that is also the part that kind of ravels into this whole equation with the fact that you cannot be comfortable sitting there today, wherever you are, if you're driving into work, if you're driving home, if you're sitting on your couch, listening, whatever it is, you cannot be comfortable for where this Nationals team is right now. Knowing that Mike Rizzo doesn't have an extension. Davey Martinez, he's got one. Good. He deserved it. Mike Rizzo also does as well. Now, is this a learner thing? Is this a family thing? Maybe they're just still in negotiations. Is this something to where maybe, just maybe, Mike Rizzo is looking elsewhere at this moment? Now, obviously, teams can't talk to him because he's still under contract with the Washington Nationals, but we all know how that goes, for being honest. Come on. But at this moment in time, you cannot be sitting there saying that you're confident in this. Because if the Nationals were to do this, the rebuild that has already started could crumble. And it is that serious, in my opinion. You don't want to take the risk of someone coming in and maybe they don't see Brady House the way that the Nationals see. Maybe they don't see James Wood at the way Mike Rizzo sees. On and on and on with all the draft picks. I'm pretty confident whoever comes in will be very high on Dylan Cruz. But other than that, there are guys in the system who may not be the kind of the guy that a GM would want. The GM, like an analytical kind of thinker of name that organization. Andrew Freeman with the Dodgers, whatever it is. You cannot really bank on that opportunity right now. And if you were to have someone come in, if you were to hire from outside of the organization, if Mike Rizzo were to leave, That is where you could get yourself in trouble. Now, maybe it could turn into a great thing. Maybe it could turn into someone who's better than Mike Rizzo. But at this moment, the odds of that happening, replacing a top 10 executive in the sport, that doesn't really just fall off trees. And if you really look at baseball GM jobs and president of baseball ops jobs, they're not really that many opportunities. And in a lot of cases, it's really tough to hire outside of the organization and doesn't really happen all too often. Now, it does happen, but still, it's not as equal as it is in the NFL or even the NBA where they're just plucking other guys from other organizations. See what the Wizards did this offseason. You know, you know. So at this moment, I'm concerned. I truly am. And if you were to ask me a week ago, I probably would have said, not all too concerned. But as the days go on, and as this Nationals team continues to kind of go down this hill in September, I'm just genuinely concerned about what's going to happen. Because we know the learners in the past, they've been cheap. Are they going to cheap out of Mike Rizzo? If that is what happens, and if that's what it comes down to about money, because Rizzo is going to be one of the highest, if not the highest paid executive in all of baseball when it comes to this extension. If that's what they're cheaping out on, That ain't good. And that is something to where you could just never really think past that if they were just allowed Mike Rizzo to walk over money. Now, that doesn't seem to be the case, but if we find out that 
that is the case, if Mike Rizzo were to leave, if that is even a possibility, they're going to hear it from the fans. And as they should, to be honest, because it's just unacceptable, to say the least. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. The Nationals play the New York Mets tonight. And of course, Patrick Corbin versus Jose Quintana. And you can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Before we get into some September goals here, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Sleeper. And guys, the MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, and Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. And listen, I'm not the biggest Ronald Acuna fan in the world. He plays for the Braves, our arch rival. But at this moment in time, you got to be hitting those overs on uh, Acuna hits, home runs, whatever it may be. And here's also the fun thing is that entries can be made in under a minute, everybody. That is that easy. It's even just using the restroom. That It's that fast. That's kind of how quick it is for you guys. So make sure you hop on Sleeper. Use promo code locked on and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And, of course, settle with our friends at Sleeper. And thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On National still on the road here down at the beach, but of course, business as usual. And as the Nationals get ready for this really tough September, as we've kind of talked about their schedule a lot over the last few weeks here, but going up against the New York Mets tonight at home. Then you got the Dodgers, then you got the Pirates, and the Brewers, White Sox, Atlanta, Baltimore, and Atlanta once again to finish off the season. It's a tough schedule. It's a lot of good pitching teams, a lot of good bullpens, a lot of good depth, and a lot of teams who are going to be scrapping for playoff spots. It ain't going to be easy. But here's the thing. You need to have goals for September and for these rebuilding young ball clubs these are the goals that you kind of want to set out for them. These are the things that you really want to see. Because in September, as the season goes on, your older vets who are on these kind of poor teams, they kind of tend to check out a little bit. Not really check out, but they're already planning their vacations. They know how it is. They have a family that they want to get back to every single day. So September, for these young teams like the Nationals, the Scrappy Nats, whatever you want to call them, You have to have goals. And at this moment in time, the number one goal for me is to have to figure out what to do with Carter Keyboom at third base. Because at this moment, there's no clear decision on what's going to happen at third base. Brady House ain't going to be in the major leagues on opening day next year. He has a chance to be in the majors by maybe midsummer, maybe later in the summer. Who knows at this moment? But Carter Keyboom, while he has impressed in a short, limited time, over at third base and kind of being a designated hitter, we all kind of know at this moment that his defense isn't really great. And as we've seen with Jamar Candelario, he was really good for us. And we know that his production at the plate is not really something that Keyboom can replicate at this moment in time. 
But you have to figure out what to do with Carter Kibu moving forward because what are you going to do? What is the decision going to be? Are you going to spend on someone like a Candelario again and kind of have that one-year opportunity to see if he can bounce back? Because Carter Keebum, whether we like it or not, was a prized prospect at one time. This is someone who has dealt with a lot of injuries. This is someone who has kind of had a lot of trials and tribulation that he just hasn't been able to overcome up to this moment. But he's still young, and he still has some promise. And if he were to hit the ball really well over the next 25 to 30 days or so, then Carter Keeboom should be in the mix for someone who is part of the future for this Nationals ball club. And if that is the case, if he is part of the future, if he is kind of part of that next generation of Nationals greats, hopefully, like Dylan Cruz and James Wood and all those guys, then where does he fit in? That is your number one goal for September, in my opinion, just because of what he once was. He was once a promising, kind of a blue chip kind of prospect, according to many national media members who really like Carter Keebum's hit potential, thought he could develop into some power tools as well, and played solid defensively through his time in AAA and AA as well. But it just hasn't worked out over the years, and recovering from Tommy John surgery, it ain't all that easy. It's not easy whatsoever, in fact. But Carter Keeboom, there still are questions to be answered that you can't really clarify for yourself. So he's the number one priority for me. And in my opinion, this is going to be something that I'm going to be walking, <laughs> walking, watching a ton throughout the September. Because if you were to get him to develop, and if he was to have a solid September, I'm willing to bet you that I'll probably compromise the plans of what they probably had at third base heading into next season. And it'll be an interesting decision to see because maybe you could spend on somewhere else in free agency rather than fill in that void over at third base. Another option to really kind of follow, and again, it kind of follows the, the young player route that we want to see. Who's going to shake up in this fourth outfielder spot? Jacob Young and Travis Blankenhorn so far, I really like them both. And this is kind of the fourth outfielder spot, not for this team right now. But in the future, when you have teams that are in the playoffs, maybe next year, probably, hopefully, 2025, if everything goes well, who's going to be that fourth outfielder type? Because Travis Blankenhorn, he has in the past had a cup of coffee in the big leagues. Jacob Young was drafted and developed by this team out of the University of Florida, seventh-round pick in 2021, and has really worked his way up into the big leagues this year. Jacob Young has that prototypical skill set of a fourth outfielder, someone who's solid in the outfield, obviously, plays center field, can play both corners, obviously, has speed, has ball-to-bat skills, all those different things. That's your kind of prototypical outfielder. But what Travis Blankenhorn provides is, one, a little more pop. Now, he's not the defender. He's not the base stealer that Jacob Young is, obviously. But that's kind of what Blankenhorn does. Having a big power bat off the bench of a postseason team, or even just a good team in general, is always kind of valuable. Think of like a Matt Adams type. Because we all know the big city, while he wasn't necessarily a good starter over at first base, this is someone that if you were to pluck him in the lineup as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning, he has an opportunity to send the ball out of the yard. And I think Travis Blankenhorn could kind of follow in those footsteps. Now, is he going to be the big power threat that Matt Adams was? No, probably not. 
But it's definitely going to be something that is intriguing to watch just because of what he has done at the AAA level and really the, just the limited time that we've seen him up in the majors. It's been an intriguing watch for sure. And that's going to be kind of something that between Jacob Young and Travis Blankenhorn, what's going to happen for the future? Are either of these guys going to be it? Because at this moment and kind of while I think of it, it's going to be between the two of them who's going to be that utility guy. And probably it's going to be Jacob Young just because he provides a better skill set for what you want as a fourth outfielder. But it's going to be an interesting one because Blankenhorn, I think the guy can hit. And also the plate discipline so far has been very intriguing. So that's also another story to watch. But a third one and the last one, someone who this may not happen, this call-up may not happen once again, but Luis Garcia. He's not really doing all too well down in AAA right now. And in years past, you've seen him get sent down to AAA and he kills the baseball. He's got an OPS over 900 and all those different fun things. But so far, Luis Garcia has kind of struggled considering of where he once was in AAA just last year or 2021, whatever it is. Luis Garcia has always hit at that level. But at this moment, he's not really killing the cover off the baseball. But if you were to get him a cameo back in the big leagues, once again, you kind of have to figure out what Luis Garcia is. Because we've seen him basically every single year since 2020. You've seen him in 2020, 2021, 22, and of course this year as well, starting your opening day second baseman. Just hasn't really panned out. They optioned him. And at this moment, you really need to figure out if Luis Garcia is that guy at second base. And now I'm not just going to say, well, if he doesn't figure out by the end of this year, it's not going to happen. He's done. But you can also admit the fact that it's concerning that he's still down in AAA, that he's not really hitting the baseball as well as he once was down at that level. Is the confidence crushed? Is the Nationals just kind of given up on him? Because this guy, again, was also a top 100 prospect, according to Baseball America, I believe, at one day. And you're just not really seeing it at this moment. You're not really seeing it because you don't really see all the Rochester Red Wings box scores and all that fun stuff. But Luis Garcia, at one point, just a few months ago, we were talking about the second baseman in the future. Someone who's could be up in the top half of your lineup being a good bat-to-ball kind of guy. Doesn't strike out a lot. Has good, solid plate discipline at times when he's on. Because we know at that point, sometimes it's pretty bad. But these are all questions that we need to be answered. And as September rolls on, it's going to be about the young guys. Are guys like Keyboom going to take that step up? What's going to happen in the fourth outfielder spot with Jacob Young and Travis Blankenhorn? What will Luis Garcia do? Is the organization kind of punting on the fact that he's not going to be part of the future for the Washington Nationals? Those are all the questions that, in my opinion, are probably the most intriguing ones moving forward with this Nationals ball club. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. And of course, we got to preview this New York Mets series as Patrick Corbin takes on those New York Mets. You can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast on SiriusXM, also on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And next, we will preview that start as Patrick Corbin. He didn't have the best success against those New York Mets. We'll discuss it after this. 
Now let's get back into it as, again, the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals get faced off head-to-head tonight as Jose Quintana and against Patrick Corbin, in which I've kind of alluded to already, Patrick Corbin does not have the best success against these New York Mets. And this is something that we talk about all the time. Pete Alonzo, we know the guy, not too fond of him. He gets a little annoying. He gets a little chirpy. University of Florida guy, I'm just not a Pete Alonzo guy. It's not for me. If he was on my team, I'd like him. It's kind of like the same thing with Bryce Harper. You love him when he's on your team. You hate him when you're playing against him. Pete Alonzo, though, kills Patrick Corbin. In 43 at-bats, he's batting 326. And I believe at one point last year, Pete Alonzo had a 500 batting average against Patrick Corbin with multiple home runs. And now Pete Alonzo isn't having his best season to date. He's still Pete Alonzo. He still can put a ball 500 feet up into the bleachers at Nationals Park, whatever it is. He still has that potential. And we all know with Patrick Corbin, we know the theme. There's going to be two runs given up early in tonight's ballgame. Is it going to be because of Pete Alonzo gets a hold of one that goes 490 feet dead center field? Maybe, because we've seen that in years past. But then also on the other hand, Jose Quintana has actually been pretty good this year in a limited capacity. He's kind of been struggling back and forth. But at this moment, his numbers have actually equaled out pretty well, and the Nationals don't really have a track record going up against them compared to the New York Mets, who do have a pretty big track record going up against Patrick Corbin over the years. You look at guys like Jeff McNeil, also relatively successful against him. Francisco Lindor, relatively successful against Patrick Corbin. So these are going to be the storylines of tonight's game because the Nationals right now, you have a two-game set against these Mets, and then you have an off day again, as this weekend was awful against the Miami Marlins. You're a game and a half back from these New York Mets. If you take these two, you're a half game up on the Mets. And who doesn't want to be better than the New York Mets this year? The number one payroll in the entire sport, by far. You want to beat these New York Mets. And in tonight's matchup, while it may not be a favorable one, it also is not the most favorable matchup for the New York Mets as well. But I also can't admit this, it's probably a little better than us having Patrick Corbin go out there. Sorry, it just it is what it is. Thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And the Nationals play the Nets tonight at 7.05 Eastern time. You can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And as the games keep on coming in, I get a little more anxious about a Mike Rizzo deal happening. That's going to be a discussion that will be ongoing until the deal is done. As the days go by, I feel less confident and less confident as the seconds tick down. That ain't fun. But then again, we'll just have to see from here. Let's go beat those New York Mets tonight. And of course, I'll catch you on the flip side.